This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Hi, good evening everyone and welcome to TN Tehillim. I invite you to have a Tehillim in front of you as we learn Perak Ches, chapter 8. Just to give you a summary of what this parak is going to be talking about, here David HaMalach talks about the greatness of Hashem and shows us how His glory and might is manifested here on earth for all of us to see. And he goes on to then explain that despite Hashem's greatness, despite His splendor and majesty, in His great humility, He takes us tiny, frail human beings, and not only does He take care of every need that we have and watch over us every moment of our life, as if He's right here next to us, but also He endows us with a lot of power, with tremendous power as human beings, as frail, tiny little human beings, He pulls us up and he uplifts us and gives us power to control all the other creations here in his world. All the creations that are beneath us, like minerals, plants, and animals, so that we could use all of these other parts of creation for our own benefit. At the end of the parak, we're going to be taking an important lesson from these righteous ways of Hashem that we're speaking of here. And we're going to learn practical ways to use the power that Hashem gives us in order to uplift and strengthen and empower those who are under our care and surveillance. Before we start tonight's parak, I just want to give you a mashal that really very clearly represents the the might and the greatness of Hashem that we're specifically depicting here in this parak. So picture for a minute that uh, President Trump is with his motorcade and he's driving down the street and there's cops everywhere and the whole street is closed off, but somehow there's a there's a beggar on the side of the road and President Trump says to the driver, you know, he's sitting next to Melania on the back of the car and he says to the driver, driver, please pull over here, stop, stop the car. And everybody's looking at him like, what's going on here? And he gets out of the car and he goes over to the beggar and the beggar has, you know, his violin case open with a sign that says, you know, tells everyone his story and Donald Trump puts out his hand and he says, come, come with me. And he picks him up off of the floor, off of the side of the road, and he puts him in his car with him and he takes him home to the White House. And not only does he take him home to the White House and treat him like royalty and give him room and board, but he actually makes a whole ceremony that evening and he makes a grand announcement and says to everybody who works in the White House, from now on, this man here is in charge of the White House. So any decision that needs to be made or any question that you have, you come to him. So clearly this sounds absurd and this would never happen. This would never happen this way with, with any human being. It, it, it's so unlikely to happen. Yet this is what Hashem does for us every single second of every day. He uplifts us from our status of little vulnerable humans and he brings us up to be in charge of the White House and to be in charge of his world. And we're going to see in this parak what we're talking about here. Okay, so let's start. Pasuk Aleph. 
Lamnatzeach al hagitis mizmar David for the conductor on the gitis, a song for David. So what's the gitis? There are many expl- very nice explanations, but the most simple one that we're going to see now is that the gitis is a special instrument that's meant to accompany this parak. So here, this this line here is like the opening line where David Amalek is saying, "Hey, you know, guy on the gitis, let's go, hit it, let's let's start the band." Pasuk Beis, Hashem Adoneinu, Ma Adir Shemcha Bechal Haaretz. Hashem, how mighty is your name throughout the earth. So the Adir, the might of Hashem that we're speaking about in this parak, is such a great type of might. It's such a different type of might. And it's specifically speaking about the might of, if you look at the word Adir, you could see the word Dira, residence. The, the greatness of Hashem that we're specifically talking about here is that although he is Adir, although he has so much might, he has a Dira here on this world. He resides here with us, with us on earth, taking care of all of our needs and showing us his Yad, his hand. Even though, as the next Pasuk says, as, as the rest of this Pasuk says, Asher Hodcha Al Hashemayim, your majesty should really be above the heavens. Really, Hashem, your splendor and your majesty is such that you shouldn't even be here concerning yourself with us at all. You should be only up there in the heavens with the Malachim. But you're down here with us and you show yourself to us through your creation and you're involved in every detail of our lives. Um, just to give you an example that we could really relate to very well, when the media wants to portray the virtues, they want to extol the virtues of uh political figure or an actress or or anybody famous what do they do they don't show them mingling with the people with their uh with the people in their circles they show them let's say princess kate you'll see if they show her in a magazine they'll show her in a in a kindergarten classroom sitting on the floor reading stories to little children or they'll portray her they'll portray um uh, Michelle Obama in a third world country feeding little starving children. And what is this showing us? Why are they doing this? Why are they showing all these images to portray their virtues? And because the answer is that what shows the greatness of a true leader is when they're able to be so great, yet they're able to also be so humble and give over of their power to others, to give other people power. A true leader is able to, is, is, spends their time and their energy and their kochos to uplift people around them and not just be preoccupied with their own greatness. And this is what this parak is all about. This is here the, the virtue that we're extolling in Hashem. So when we talk about Hashem's majesty being here on earth, that he has a dira here on earth, what are we, what are we referring to? So Rabbeinu Bachya in the Chovos Halavavos, has a part of the part of the Chovas Alvavos called Shar Habachina, the gate of examination. And it happens to be very, you know, a lot of people learn Shar Bitachon. But I taught this Shar Habachina one time, one year to my seminary students, and it was I found it so fascinating. And it says basically the bottom line of this sefer is that we each have a chiyuv. We have an obligation to pay attention and to study the wonders of creation, the wonders of every detail of creation. We have to look at nature. We have to look at the human body. We have to look at all the different things that Hashem put into this world in order to solidify our, our emuna and also to have what to answer 
to the Apikarsim. And he goes through every part of the, the, of nature. He goes through every part of our bodies, every part of our personalities. And he points out the brilliance that is, that is involved in each aspect that we tend to take for granted. And Rav Victor Miller has a beautiful commentary on this. And he explains that even the tallest, most advanced skyscraper in the, in the world can't come near, doesn't even come anywhere near the complexity and the wisdom that's found in the tiniest piece of human skin. And here in this, uh, he also, one of the other nice examples that I'm remembering off the top of my head is that he talks about how are trees planted in the world. And he says that when a seed flies off of a tree, you, if you look very clearly at the seed and, and you see the details, there are little wings that like parachute it so that when it flies off the tree, it doesn't fall straight down under the tree. Cause what would happen if it falls, if the seed would fall straight under the tree, would it be able to grow without sunlight? It would be, there would be too much shade. So instead, Hashem made it that the seed has like this little, these little wings on it, and it flies away, gets blown away far away into the sunlight, so that it could there, it could grow and blossom into a new tree. There's just, and there's other, so many other unbelievable uh, ha'aras that he brings there that just basic parts of nature that we don't even, we don't even think about. So the, why am I bringing this up, the Chovas Alavavos? Because here in this parak we see. We see some amazing examples that he even quotes there in the Chovas Halvavos. So let's look at Pasuk Gimel, and we'll see some examples. Out of the mouths of babes you have established strength. So yes, throughout our entire lives, everything we look at has the brilliance of Hashem imprinted on it, like a signature. But... It's saying here, Yisadataoz, you established your strength already from the mouth of babies. What does this mean? That from the minute a baby is born, there are such miracles that are involved in the, just from what, from their mouth, just from the way they eat, from the fact that when they suck from the mother, the opening of where the milk comes out of is like tiny, like the eye of a needle, so that the baby doesn't choke and get too much at the same time. It's just the right, perfect amount for them to be able to drink comfortably. And the the milk supply of the mother is perfectly suited to all of their needs. When they're sick, it has, I remember hearing that the milk from the mother has certain properties like, like antibiotics in it to help cure the baby. When the baby starts to drink, the the milk is very watery because the milk has to quench the baby's thirst. And we don't want to put the baby to sleep with heavy milk right away. We need them to first replenish their fluids. And then after the the watery milk, towards the end of the feeding, the baby is getting milk that's rich with nutrients and thick and heavy, and it puts the baby to sleep. Unbelievable. So this is very clearly showing us how Hashem has established his strength from these nursing babies, from these little babies. For your tormentors. So this is referring to those who can't deny that there's a God, right? But at the same time, is from the word tsar. They, they, tsar means narrow. These, there, there are people who at this, at the same time that they're not denying there's a God, they see Hashem as an impediment to their ambitions in life. So they seek to confine His divine authority to, to certain small, narrow places, to the temples, to the synagogues, to the churches. They're not interested in having Hashem be a part of their everyday life. So Hashem made sure that His hand in creation would be undoubtable, 
that we'd be able to see it so clearly for these people so that we can have what to answer to them. Um, and it, just to give you an example, a, a person, let's say, who's in a who's looking at a beautiful exhibit, a beautiful painting, and there's a bunch of people looking at this painting in an exhibit, and everybody's saying, woo, wah, unbelievable. And one of the men is like, I don't know what you're talking about. All I see is a blotch of paint. And the curator comes over to him and says, sir, look at your glasses. They're filthy. You have, you have milk spl- splattered all over them. And the nimshal here is that Nature clearly shows the brilliance of the creator. Clearly from nature we could see that there's no way there can be such a brilliant creation without a creator. It's obvious. But so why don't people see it? Why are there scientists and brilliant people in the world that just, they're atheists and they just deny outright that anything is created by a creator. How is this possible? And the answer is because they're wearing splotched glasses. They're look, they're, it's not that nature is belying the truth. It's their lenses are fogged. For whatever reason, they're not seeing what there is, what the truth of the world really is. Okay? Pasuk Dalet. Ki era shamecha masa When I behold your heavens, the work of your fingers. Masa The work of your fingers is only used when it talks about three different things. Usually we see matse yadecha, the work of your hands. Masa The work of your fingers is used in talking about three different things. The stars and the planets, which is here. This is where, when I behold the heavens, it's referring to the stars and the planets. When it, it says, it says etzba, the finger of Hashem, when it's talking about kinim, the maka of lice. And when it's referring to the luchos. So what, what's the significance of these three things specifically? That we see the etzba of Hashem with these three things. And the answer is because the stars are the most, are the hugest, biggest part of creation. The stars and the planets. And the kinim, the lice, are the smallest, littlest, yuckiest part of creation. And the luchos is a totally different category of being a spiritual creation. And Hashem is showing us, look, in all of these three completely different, vastly different parts of creation, they all have my finger. That same finger is making these huge, beautiful, magnificent stars and planets and these tiny little disgusting lice. And the lesson for us is that very often we think if something is hard for us, it's hard for Hashem too. We, we don't, we don't, we look at the world through our, we view Hashem through our limited human lenses and we forget that Hashem's not a person and He could do anything and He created the entire universe. So for example, someone might think it's harder, you know, maybe their child has, has a physical blemish or some other, they're looking for something particular, so it will be harder for that kid to find the shirach because, you know, they're, they're, they need something so specific, or they have this physical imperfection, or they have some family, difficult family situation, or whatever, so they think it's going to be harder, you know, it might take a, f- a few more years than a regular person to find a shirach. No, it doesn't have to. It depends on what, how you, where you put Hashem. Which, which, are you narrowing Him? Are you saying that just because you think it might be harder, that for the God of the universe it's harder? It's easy for Hashem. It's the same etzba. The same etzba that will get the shirach for the perfect uh, seminary girl who just came home and everything in her life is perfect and rosy. It will be the same effort, the same quote-unquote effort to get that 
other more difficult situation married also. It's just the way we view it. If we're going to narrow Hashem, that's the experience that we're going to have. We have to see Hashem through that godly lens, that, that, that the fact that he has infinite powers, we have to make sure to, to stay focused on that and to realize that it's all the same etzba. It's easy for him to cure somebody who's very sick as it is for him to just as easy than to cure somebody who's only a little bit sick. Okay, Yareach Vikochavim Ashar Konanta, the moon and stars which you have set in place. So why is it why is Zavramalak specifically here talking about moon and stars? What about the sun, right? The sun is is bigger, the sun is is so powerful. So Rav Hirsch says, and I want to read you his words because they're very beautiful. Um first I'll paraphrase, he says that the sunlight the sun, when we look up at the sun, we can't see past the sun, right? Because it's so shiny. All we notice is that our earth is being warmed by the sun and give, being given light by the sun. It is, And here's his words. It is only at night when earth has receded into the shadows and the sky above it becomes visible with its starry hosts of shining worlds that the earth shrinks to a mere speck in the universe and men on this speck becomes so infinitely small. And this is, he says, is why specifically David Amalek is referring to the moon and the stars is this is really what shows us so clearly. We could see when you're looking up in the country at the starry night, you could see it, you, you feel like a speck and you could really feel the, the, the unbelievable power of Hashem. So now that we read about all the incredible miracles that Hashem performs, we become so humbled. And we pay attention to this. It really puts us in our place. And we proclaim in wonderment, Pasuk Hey, Ma Enosh Kisiz Karenu Uven Adam Kisif Kedenu. Who are we that you should that you should be paying any attention to us? Like, who are we, little tiny frail? The Enosh is referring to a, a frail. It, it denotes a frail person, unlike the word Adam, man. So it's saying, we're, 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 look, look at us. We're so little. Why are you even? Not only tiskarenu that you're paying attention to us and you're caring for us, but tifkedenu, you're appointing, you're giving us a, a pakat tafkid. You see the word taf, tafkid there. You're giving us each our own unique mission to accomplish in this world where we get to tap into these, these limitless abilities that you gave us, these incredible, this infinite potential that you endowed us with. And even more so, it says, v'techasrehu ma'at melokim. You made him only a little less than angels. What does this mean? That despite our, despite our frailty, you, you gave us so much power. Elohim here is referring to the angels. You gave us so much power that we're, we're only a little less powerful than the angels. You, you look at the other parts of creation. Do they have sophisticated speech? Do, do the animals and the plants and the minerals, are they able to have free choice and to do things like we are and have our level of intellect? We have so many abilities, so much power. Recovered Vahadar Ta'atrehu and crowned him with honor and glory. So the Kavod here is talking about our Neshama, our holiness, that holy part of us. So we're saying here, on top of our physically sophisticated brains, like we just said, that we're so sophisticated intellectually, and on top of all the, 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 the intricate organs in our bodies and the talents that Hashem gave us, you crown us with Kavod, with with honor, and the honor that you give us is that Selam Elohim that you crowned us with, like that part of Hashem. Pasuk 
Zion. You gave him dominion over the works of your hands and placed everything under his feet. Okay, so what does it mean Hashem gave us dominion? So we, we, we touched on this. I'll get a little more into it now. That human beings, we rule over the different parts, the minerals, plants, the animals, all the other parts of creation in the world. We use, let's say, for example, we use the minerals, the, the natural materials of the world, like copper and metal, and we, we take it from the ground and we build bridges and machines and cars. We use plants. We use wood to build our homes. We use plants for food. We use animals for all sorts of reasons, for clothing, for eating, for transportation. People even use horses for therapy and, and dogs for the blind and, and pets for companions. Literally, everything in creation is here to serve us. Um, and when it says, Kol tachas raglav, that everything is under his feet, it quite literally means, uh, what do we wear on our feet? We wear shoes made out of animal skin. So in a very literal sense, we rule over animals. We're literally walking on animals. And being that we're ruling over the animals, everything that the animals rule over, everything under them, the plants and the minerals, you know, obviously we're ruling over that too. So kol shatatachas raglav, everything, all of creation is literally under our feet. Sheep and cattle, even wild animals. So sheep and cattle are used for our clothing, for our food, even wild animals. If you go to the zoo, look at what we're able to have. Look at what a human being is able to trap, is able to control. We have control over the, lion, the most dangerous animals, and the, the killer whales, and the lions, and the tigers, and the bears. Oh my, right? It's pretty amazing how we're able to... To, we, we use them for our own entertainment even, not even for our necessities. The birds in the sky and the fish in the sea. You would think that, you know, the, the birds that are high up and the fish that are deep in the sea, that we wouldn't be able to get to them. But even those things were able to trap. Over Archos Yamim, he crosses over the paths of the sea. So we created boats to go deep into the sea. This is referring to the fact that we, we're not limited by the fact that there's water. We, can, we have boats and we can go wherever we want. We can go on leisure trips. We can go on business trips. We could reach the most remote parts of the ocean and find in the deepest places the most exotic sea, creature, sea creatures. How mighty is your name in all the earth, despite all the talents and skills and abilities that we just spoke about, that you gave us, that everything is under our, uh, everything is under our feet, despite all this, at the end of the day, we are still so minute and tiny compared to you. And this is what shows your real might. This is what shows your idea. The fact that you're down here with us, that your dira is here, that you show your majesty in the world so that we shouldn't have any doubts, that you take care of us, that you give us a special tafka, that you give us all these unbelievable abilities and so much control to influence your world. So we see from this parak that Hashem teaches us how to be like an underlying message that I, I want to take here tonight is that we can see how to be true leaders, how to be authority figures in our lives. First, the parak speaks about Hashem's greatness and might as seen in creation. And then it's as if Hashem is saying to us, you see, 
I yes, I am so great. I, I you can never relate to me. I, I'm God, but at the same time, one can never be too great to to show that they care about the needs of other people. No matter how different or less than other people might appear to be to us, Hashem is saying here, use your might. You see, I gave you so much power. Do what I do. Use the power that you have to empower, uplift, and strengthen the people around you, the people that you're in charge of. And this is the message that I want to highlight tonight. We should view the way Hashem treats us as the model for how we should treat our children and our students or anybody around us for that matter. And how can we empower people who are more vulnerable than us, who are looking to us for strength? By uplifting them. And we're going to see how we spoke about before Shavuos um, in the Zoom class, we spoke about uplifting others, elevating others. And we're going to get more specific on that concept now tonight. So we want to learn how to elevate and encourage other people. The first group of people that we're going to talk about, I'm going to use an example of our children. So for smaller children, obviously those are the easiest to, you know, to really build up because they're more flexible. This is how we give them the power to become their best self and to tap into their greatest potential. And I'm going to give you the step-by-step way of elevating and encouraging and praising children. Um, I'm going to give you the complete way that we do it for the optimum benefits, the full version, but sometimes you'll take take little snippets from it. It's it's okay. Even if you don't do all these three steps, you don't always have time to say all these three things to little kids. They might be running away or not interested, but... These are, this is the full version of it and take from it whichever, whatever you want to take from it. So the first thing that you want to do, and here's the three step process for elevating and encouraging and praising your children. And it works for little children, but you can definitely adapt it for older children and I'll give you some examples of that later. So the first thing you want to do is you want to state what they're doing. You want to be like, a news reporter, like explain to them what they just did. They might not even recognize. They may have done something good and not even see what they did. So you want to say, wow, you just picked up that spoon from the floor. I didn't even ask you to do it. You know, you, how did you know to do that? And then you're going to tell them in the step two, tell them what the, what that says about them or what that's called, what that, what they just did. What is that called? What category does that go under? What does that say about who they are? So you're getting even deeper into it. So you're going to say, um, that's what I call being responsible or that's called taking the initiative or, wow, you're really caring about the house being neat. Explain to them what, what they're doing. What is that called? What is that? What does that make you? It makes you a neat person. It makes you a person who cares about your environment. It makes you a person who's considerate of others. And the third step is that you're going to tell them what the positive rewards of doing that are. So, wow, now that you're helping me clean up, we can have, we can go out and have, and have fun. We can have more time to play outside or whatever it is, whatever is going to really, you know, thicken this, this success that they did by, by showing them what good thing is going to happen from doing this. Um, and I just want to specifically say that in, in this context where we're talking about empowering and uplifting others, specifically encouraging their independence is super powerful. So sometimes we, as parents, we get confused between love and warmth 
And we confuse that with doing everything for our children. And it is a, a, an act of love when we, when, you know, occasionally when we'll do something for our children that they already know how to do, right? If my kid knows how to take kugel for themselves and I say, I just want to give it to you because I love you once in a while, that's very sweet, that's very nice. But if we're handicapping them because we're doing everything for them that they're already able to do, it's already age appropriate that they could do it on their own, then really we're taking away from their power. And we want to encourage their independence because they're independent. When they do something themselves, it fills them with self-esteem. It gives them strength to, to, to realize what they're able to do and to build on that. So just for example, um, when I wanted my children to get dressed on their own, I, I'm giving you an example now of how to use this encouragement and this praise to get children to be independent, which is so powerful. Um, and uplifting for them. So, for example, let's say, instead of yelling at a kid, right? I keep telling you to get dressed. Why did it take you so long to put on your clothes? Why do I have to get you dressed every day and bickering and getting angry? Um, what, it, what what I learned to do and I tried to adapt and I tried to use it and I saw much success in it, um, I would tell my, my, let's say like my four-year-old, I would say, wow, I would start with the smallest thing and say, wow, you put your socks on by yourself? You're so independent, right? You put in all that gushy emotion. They love it. Um, so you're labeling what they did. You put your socks on. You're giving them what information does that say about you? You're so independent. And then finally, you would say like, Something that shows the positive effect of what they did. So now you're going to have time to play before the bus comes. Halavai, there should be a bus. But this was back in the day when we had school buses in school. So that that was a way that I did it. And then the next day, they, they tried putting on their socks again. And for a few days, we I focused on praising them about the socks. Then... I saw they started wanting to do more because they were motivated. So they started putting on their pants. So I would say, oh, you put your pants or your skirt on by yourself. Wow, look how independent you are. Just the same thing every time. Um, and, but just, and, and they would build it up on their own because it, it gave them so much encouragement and strength and to, to realize I could do this myself. And it made them so proud. So this is really a beautiful way to build up our children. For older kids, for spouses, um, for friends, for anyone else in our life, we could use this also, this idea, we could take this idea of the bottom line that I want you to take from this is to be specific with the praise that you're giving, with the encouragement. Get specific by giving people information about themselves and use your positive energy, your warmth, your love to uplift others and make them feel good about themselves. It could even be like part of a thank you. Instead of just saying thank you to your husband because he helped you with the kids the whole Sunday, you would say, you know, before you're going to bed, thank you for helping me with the kids today. You're such a hands-on father, and it makes life so much easier for me. Um, you see, we use those same three steps here um, on an adult, and, and you could just say it in, in a more adult-like way, but it's so powerful. It's so much more powerful than just saying a quick thank you. And it gives people the motivation to want to help you more and more. So it really works for you more than anything. Um, and when you know, I just want to say as a personal example, when you notice something good and you tell someone about it, you never know what it could do for them. Personally, this whole Tia and Tehillim class came about from a compliment that someone gave me that gave me the courage to step up and to use my potential to try to make a difference in the world. Even someone who sounds confident, Right, I might sound confident, and I might be confident, but everyone, we all have our insecurities, and we all think that in some ways we're not good enough. And I, I, I'm no different. So, someone, when someone come and said, came and said to me, "Y'all, the world needs you." 
that that was the comment that she said the world needs you and that was it like that I was full speed ahead from there and I'll never forget um my Hakar Satov to this friend for really giving me that encouragement that I needed to 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 start on my path towards trying to use my kochos to help others so start setting an intention to to elevate people around you because it's a chesed for them and also because it's what makes you great and mighty in your own right. Thank you everyone for listening and have a great night.